I'm Phoenix. I'm Phoenix. I'm Phoenix. Well, you can be Phoenix. I'll be Dark Phoenix. Okay. In addition to being Phoenix, I'm Maddie. And I'm Mr. Sinister, also known as Ryan or Madeline Pryor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all, all of those, all those things are true all those people at the same are time. <laughs> and this is The Mutant Ages, a show where we watch every adaptation of the X-Men and decide which Marvel characters we are on any given day that we happen to be recording the show. Or which Marvel characters we want to bane on any given day. Back when we were young, we experienced a change. We felt a power the phoenix you want to be the phoenix i mean you don't wolverine be wants to phoenix. nail the phoenix because he likes that kind of torture i know but that's that's not my thing personally no i don't want to be burned <laughs> up you don't want to be burned to death i want to do the burning i mean maybe that's a little too much information for our listeners but i, I prefer to do the burning in that, a, in a phoenix seems, wolverine scenario that seems correct for you if mm-hmm, i mm-hmm. knowing you personally for over 20 years so so the reason why we're talking about the phoenix is because we're watching the x-men the animated series adaptation of the phoenix saga yep, and we're actually going to be watching some apocalypse episodes <laughs> well <laughs> yeah oh my god um, you'd be like hell no fuck that i uh, don't want to talk about apocalypse ever. ever but we do have to on this show sometimes but not this week nope. this week we're talking about the phoenix saga part two which is called dark shroud i and didn't even realize there were like uh secondary titles subheadings i kind of like it actually Me too. it's adding a little spice to the this to our episode, episode titles <laughs> including the subtitles makes me think that this was a, one of the very direct influences on some of my earlier writing styles I don't oh, know really? if you felt that way in watching Dark this. Dark Shroud. Maybe like evil characters, a character having an evil side of themselves. That was certainly a part of D2, the yeah. X2 this parody hit, I know, that Ryan and I so made famous. as teenagers. It's extremely famous. You've all heard of it. It's um, on YouTube, on Atomic Blue Productions' YouTube channel. Yeah, I mean, I, I think there's there's something to that. There's sort of... A theme here of duality where we have Jean Grey discovering the duality within herself of the Phoenix identity and then we have this side plot although it becomes the main plot of this episode of Xavier sort of having this duality as well which is cool it's a cool episode it's actually, spoilers for my opinion but I, I, know. I really like I this mean episode. our opinions you'll find out as we go along but I I really enjoyed this episode it's like one of those ones that really walks the line of being like really good and well written and serious but also like totally bonkers yeah. like like, like having funny crazy. moments and like fun lines from Wolverine and Gambit and then also having like some really cool action scenes and moments when you genuinely don't know what's going on in like a a thriller heightened way where you're like, what is happening? I, yeah. It had everything. It had it, it all. It's really good. And so we are doing the Phoenix Saga, the whole Phoenix Saga of X-Men, the animated series season three. So we have a long way to go. 
Mm -hmm. uh, and, if, mm -hmm. and before we but jump in. But it's had in, a strong start, start. We've already seen part one last episode. And so yes. you should go back and listen to that if you want to. Or don't. We don't control your life. You can nope. listen to this you if you want. You can do whatever you want. You are your own person. Um, <laughs> we always say that on this I show. I know. We do. We do. And before we jump in too much further, I just wanted to say that uh, I guessed it on another X-Men podcast, which I think by the time this episode is out, you'll be able to download it. But it's over at Yay! X Minutes. And uh, they are... They're really good dudes. They're a lot of fun. They do a, a show on the X-Men movies in mm. which they are watching the movies three minutes at a time. And that's like a whole podcast episode. Oh, that's so fun. Yeah. yeah. So they do weekly episodes and they also at the end do X-Men trivia. That's just based on like all kinds of X-Men lore. And that I mean, I love both of it. They have a lot of intelligent things to say. They have a lot of fun. Um, I enjoyed guesting there. So if you like our show i say go give them a follow because they're cool maybe i will and our maybe listeners you should will. too i think that what we need is more podcasts i agree and i i think all the podcasts should be about x-men I, I, I mean more x-men podcasts is always good there's a strong network of them oh also i want to say that last time we recorded the uh, the very first phoenix episode we were in the middle of a heat wave mm -hmm. and it's still humid as fuck but it is it's not as unbearable it's as not last as time. Bad. It, it's still hot, kind of. I don't know why we're getting into this. No one cares because what it's the weather is like where we record. Storm cares. Excuse me. You're right. Storm is responsible for all of it. For everything. So anyway, previously on the X-Men. In the very first episode of season three, a weird spaceship was found by Lady Deathstrike. Then she mm -hmm. released a bunch of weird like space creatures and then walked away after trying to kill Wolverine 55 times. And but then the in the only next important episode. The part really is that Professor X stumbled across the spaceship and touched it and was suddenly filled with this arcane alien knowledge and stopped communicating properly with the X-Men about any of the visions that he was yeah, that's, seeing. Yeah, that was the very first time he ever stopped communicating with the X-Men properly. <laughs> yeah, that was the I first mean, time. Oh my gosh, this episode. This episode if you is you guys like, think that we've been hard on Xavier before, strap in because... Oh shit, I know. Okay, so and then... <laughs> we, have, the, we have some thoughts on this guy. But yeah, yeah, so then in the most recent episode, we saw some more of the visions that Xavier's been getting about this sort of intergalactic space battle and this rebel lady called Lalandra who's fighting for against this empire and it's mysterious and we don't know the situation but we know well, there's we like also, an evil we, emperor. We, as viewers, we, you and I, as these particular viewers know that it's Lalandra, but in this show it hasn't been revealed that's who right, it is it yet. Has, we don't know her name yet. That's a good point. And so as far as we know, she's just this lady with like a bug exoskeleton armor set on who's... Crash it through space planet or something and we see bugs sometimes well anyway. so she's basically coming out of a black hole and xavier has some sort of connection to her she doesn't understand what's happening and so yeah they have a telepathic connection and she calls for help from him and yes. so he's like okay i guess i should help this lady in space and then xavier's mark? like i don't know what's happening all the x-men should break into a top secret government facility and get on the space shuttle and like go into space and turns out there was like a weird alien up there dressed up in like some sort of bondage gear and spent yeah. a lot of yeah, and he's back in this episode. I wasn't expecting to see Eric the Red either. again. I, I didn't but he comes back in this and like is randomly very a very slight part of this episode. Yeah. So it's important that Eric the Red is there and he's one of the guys who serves this emperor, this mysterious Shi'ar emperor. Right. And then also while they were up in the space shuttle, shit went down, the shuttle was exploding, they jumped onto 
their spaceship or sorry the space station was exploding they went onto the spaceship that mm-hmm. was losing and control was like and it was going through some crazy radiation field that hit a solar flare and somehow yeah. that caused some sort of There's weird just, like, thing a bunch to of happen weird science that makes no sense and, and the only person who could save them was Jean Grey because she could surround herself with the psychokinetic field and protect herself from radiation and everybody else got into this radiation proof container in the shuttle and she drove the ship into this exploding solar flare thing to land it on earth again and that's where we pick up in this episode is gene catching on mystical fire and screaming while entering this radiation right and she's still moaning she's still like oh Oh, yeah, she's still screaming. And we see a shot of like the interior of the container where the rest of the X-Men and the astronauts are. And it's like shaking like crazy. Oh, yeah, I know. They look like they're being knocked all over the place. I know. It's funny. And meanwhile, Gene is like screaming Scott and Logan's names and like crawling across the floor. That was so ridiculous, by the way. I had to rewind it because I thought she only screamed Logan. And I was like, whoa. And then I rewound it and she does actually say Scott first. And I was like, okay, Gene, but you're on notice like you are very clearly we, we know what's Logan. going on i mean to be fair everybody's <laughs> baiting logan so it's not like that's even a secret so i know but like they can't hear her she her calls for help couldn't even be followed if they could hear her there's nothing they could have done no nope. and then there's this interesting shot of her absorbing the energy beams and the fire and we see it like go into her body in well, a way no, i that- think it's really important that we first mentioned that she just this is taken straight from the comics and while it's a little bit more obvious than the tv show because she like physically says it in the comic books she calls out with her mind she goes if she says if anything could hear me anything anyone please help me somebody help me yeah and in this in in this she just goes scott logan someone help me and then that's when the phoenix comes in and fills her body with the phoenix force right right yeah no you're right you're right but i feel like you wouldn't necessarily no but i thought it was a nice translation i it's a pretty close translation to what happened in the comic book which Mm -hmm. doesn't happen that often you know yeah and i i did like the shot of the the fire entering her like it did seem like it was clear that it was very it was like supernatural and alien looking like i i liked that they didn't make it it was more clear than what I thought they were going to do. My favorite kind of fire is alien fire. <laughs> I mean, same. And, then, <laughs> and then there's this cool series of shots where the shuttle is landing on Earth and you see like a full moon and, and the you see these two crashing. guys that are like sightseeing and then they see the jet crashing. They just run for their fucking lives. Yeah. And then it crashes into the New York Harbor and then which is uncontrolled, I guess. Well, they talk about it being on the news later, remember, and oh, NASA right. having you're to right. do damage okay. control. So actually they knew that the shuttle was coming back from wherever it was and nasa is like aware of where it crashed presumably but it's not like they can stop it you know i also like how they like they did, did include the astronauts by the way too so I know, like, and i was gonna mention that like this is kind of almost political but there was like there's always that stuff about like nasa covers up what's really going on yeah. and like that's a whole part of this episode you know like all the aliens that are real and the phoenix force that's definitely yeah. real i mean you know? that, where like, do you yeah, think they got that inspiration from for the, it's like based on fact mm-hmm. it's completely um, so factual the, the X-Men are still in that capsule that's on the shuttle and Beast is... But it's underwater now because everything's crashed into this harbor. And yeah, so and water there's like, is there's like a fountain of water coming in and Beast just goes, it appears the capsule is leaking. 
Yeah. And so Scott is like unable to get the door open. And so Wolverine uses his claws and then Scott blasts the door open and they have to swim up to the surface. With all the astronauts. Yes. They did not forget to animate the astronauts. We took them to task for that and we were wrong. Yeah. And so then they get to the, the surface and Scott is just screaming, where's Jean? Because like, she's repeatedly. not showing up. And, it, and we see that there's something glowing in the water. And while he's yeah. still screaming, where's Jean? I, I love this. Gambit just like points. Yeah. Like, he's just, like, over there. He doesn't say anything. He's just like, why don't you look at that weird thing in the water and stop yeah, screaming like an and idiot. and it looks a little bit like sort of a phoenix outline, but it's, like, blurry and under the water. And you yeah, we really don't really see. know what it is. It's kind of like X-Men 2 again. And then all of a sudden, again. she bursts from the lake, which is exactly the same as the comics, and is, like, floating in the air wearing this new hip bodysuit with, like, a cool gold belt and a phoenix logo on her boobs. And she goes... I am Phoenix. And, and then, then immediately kinda, passes like, out. It goes, snaps out me. of it and goes, help me, like as Jean yeah. again and collapses into the I also water love again. that, like, you know, in this universe, the Phoenix Force can, has the ability to just change your clothes. I mean, she does in the comic too. So I was like, I know. Right, but... Every single time that I see this happen, I'm like, I don't understand. Although it's funny because on the other, on the X Men's podcast that I guested on, somebody, they were talking about how Storm keeps changing her outfit in the movie, which I didn't even notice. But they're like, <laughs> every scene she has a new outfit, and like, they'll be in the middle of like a, mi- a serious mission, and Storm goes to change her outfit. That's and funny. Like, and I mean, if you're analyzing joke, something three minutes at a time, then you would absolutely notice. Oh, totally. Like and they that. were like saying something detail. about like, they're like, well, maybe she has the power to change her clothes. I was like, oh my God. You don't understand, though. That is a thing. That's a thing. And it was like, a point of contention for us and our listeners many episodes ago just shout out throw back to all that and now we're doing it again because the phoenix force also has the ability to just magically change clothes it's a pretty common superheroic power it's definitely yeah. a helpful one i mean for sure so she collapses into the water and would drown except both scott and logan save her simultaneously and we have right. this shot of the two of them on either side of her like lifting up her it's cute. Water stained they're, they're both face. there for each other and also Gene. Mm-hmm. And then it switches to a TV report where the, what we were just talking about, where they're saying the shuttle crashed and they don't know what caused it. And NASA is saying they don't really know what happened, even though mm-hmm. like they clearly do know that there was like mutants and aliens and all this crazy fucking shit happening. Right. But like, it's also clear that it's leaking, that shit's leaking, that shit's going down because Beast talks about some stuff in a few minutes that it's like okay so the governments do understand that there might potentially be aliens up in space or something so like you know well, i mean this is a world where mutants exist so is it really yeah. that unbelievable to the average person that maybe also no, but it's, it's, I, I do like that this is the third thing we are introducing into the the fold here because we've had like mutants and we've had humans and we've had different ca- like categories Robots, of like cyborgs. Well, I don't really. Get, I don't know if they count. They're, they they kind of except Sentinels for Master aren't Mold. people. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but you know what I mean. It's like we've had like the Warlocks, we've had the X Men, mm-hmm, we've had mm-hmm. the Mutant Brotherhood, we've had the Friends of Humanity. But now we have like a new entire multiple subsections of people because it's not like yeah. there's just one kind of alien. There's like multiple factions and tons of different aliens. It's a huge right. world that galaxy that we're learning about. This is the, watch, watching this episode again gave me hope x-men coming to the mcu because i was like you know the shiar are really cool and mm-hmm. like it's possible to work in the mcu because they have aliens and they have such a huge portion of that about aliens so i'm like maybe we'll finally get to see the shiar done popular i mean correctly popular um 
So anyway, anyway, so Jubilee turns off the TV. Yeah, yeah it, the TV's in a hospital. All the X-Men, or most of the X-Men are in a hospital visiting Jean, who's lying in the bed, and Except she wakes up. Yeah, Rogue isn't there, and also Wolverine isn't there. And I was kind of hoping we would get a scene where he tried to bring in flowers like he did in that comic that I read, but that doesn't I know. happen. But I was, That's like I was so like sad. waiting for it. I was like, please show me Wolverine throwing away his dumb flowers, but there wasn't that scene. There's a different funny scene, but it's not that. So Jean wakes up, and she's like, how did I survive? Did I survive? Which is like a spooky question. Yeah. <laughs> and Scott is like, well, obviously you're alive right now. And she's like, I feel strange. Like I'm someone else. Like I could reach out and touch the moon and crush it in my hand. And, and Scott's like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Then somebody asks her who is Phoenix. I think Hank or, or Scott does. And she, her eyes suddenly turn yellow for a second and she goes, am I Phoenix? Yeah. And Hank yep. is like, I mean, that's possible well, he walks because in. Hank also is wearing a Howard the Duck shirt. I, I just know, wanted to talk I about know. that. I wrote that down. <laughs> he's wearing a Howard the Duck shirt and you can see it way ba- better later. But yeah, he's definitely wearing that, which is like a weird callback. But anyway, um, oh, whatever. So he comes in and he's like, you claimed her identity once before, Jean, when you rose not from the ashes, but from the depths of New York Harbor. <laughs> and Xavier's also here rolling in or gliding in on his floating chair. Yeah. And he's like, some sort of transformation has taken place that none of us yet understands. It would be best if you do not leave the hospital. These are all summaries, by the way. The scene. Yeah. Also, Jean said somewhere she's like, I... Lou? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they talk about all of her new powers, like flight and obviously changing her costume and yeah, all, all these other stuff. strange things. That I do, she's I do like that Xavier's like, it's best if you stay in this public hospital for now while you're yeah. wildly out of control. Like, really? You don't want to take her back to the X-Mansion? To the X-Mansion? Although, to be fair, it might be that Xavier doesn't feel like he trusts himself right now to be the one to evaluate her and that she would be safer there. But I don't I know. I also wonder like how much time actually has passed since they got out of the harbor because... It seems to me that, like, they all just, like, if it was really, like, all within the same day, it's a little weird that, like, immediately all the X-Men went out to, like, party. So, like, I'm assuming that Jean's been in a coma for a really long time and, like, a bunch of time has passed. I mean, I didn't necessarily assume that because of the news report, which suggests that this is happening. It's just so strange because, like, two seconds later, Jubilee and Gambit, like, go for a night on the town. But I mean, what else are they supposed to do? Like, Jean is I mean, just recuperating true. in the hospital and like, I don't know. I mean, I guess they're also like, they're already in downtown New York anyway, because that's, that's where they landed the shuttle. I don't know why I'm defending this, but for once, I feel like the plot holes in the episode kind of add up. Like, you're okay. killing time because Jean is stuck in this New York City hospital. They all have to stick around in New York City, at least for the time being. I mean, you're, all go to a you, you, I think you're right. I think you're right, because like, we're going to eventually see what all the X-Men are doing in this term while they're all stressed out about except Jean, like, rogue who is still missing for no reason and i, I know don't, i don't know why i know but yeah and i think gambit and jubilee just deal with their problems by like going out and like just getting out and doing something because like later we see like storm meditating we see wolverine mm-hmm. beating the I shit that. out of everything i kind of so. liked that like reflection but we're not we're not there yet let's no, we're stop not there. okay skipping so we have a really first. important scene here next that i thought this was a really it was very exposition heavy but i really enjoyed it where cyclops it was, like, leaves well the room written, though because i feel I feel like I didn't notice. I did. I, I feel like you don't notice the exposition when a scene is, is written well. So Scott leaves the room dramatically and he's looking out the window by himself. And this is when Hank shows up and follows up about NASA and is like 
NASA can't explain the existence of the alien spacecraft or the strange readings we registered, or for that matter, how we survived. And they're talking about how they've been getting more strange readings. And I guess Hank knows this because he's like buddies with Corbeau and like the other NASA guys or something or NASA people. It and seems, well, Hank seems all, to have like all these like in the government. Hank connections. has access to leaks. Like Hank, Hank is the person who's getting all these, yeah, he these, these he scientific the leaks. But I think it's because he is he's a genius and so he's friends with all these other scientists and they trust him and so they're giving him this information and he's relaying it to the X-Men and so they're talking about the possibility of another alien ship coming through and that being what the potential readings are and so as soon as Scott hears about that he turns around angry at Professor X who's just been like lurking in the shadows I fucking love all this though it's It's incredible so So he turns to Professor and he points at him and he says it's time you told us everything you know professor and And he's like i can't do that Ah." he's like literally just banging his fist on his wheelchair it's like okay why are you having a meltdown right now he's like has a little tantrum and screams i've told you all i can and then he goes all that makes any sense and i I love that scott was like finally pushing back because he responds well that's not good enough gene's lying in there because you sent us in blind to something that almost destroyed us yeah and savior goes you had all the information available a good leader doesn't have to be warned to be on his guard and Scott, also no he didn't give them all the information he I definitely know. did it he like didn't, he only gave them bits he and pieces trust it and he was worried that it was inaccurate but he could have still given it to them and been like i know look this might not be a real thing but here's what i saw in the vision and it would have turned out it was correct like he saw I know. exactly and he didn't so that's already a lie he's basically lying to scott right here i know Oh, and also a good leader doesn't have to be warned to be on his guard like that's no. a shitty thing to say like, he, he was basically like maybe you should be a better leader and scott's like what the fuck i mean he's like are you saying it's my fault yeah that's what his next line is he says are you saying it's my fault what happened to gene and then hank interrupts yeah and he's I like, mean, like you're I both being hate, irrational okay, hank interrupts, <laughs> way, like, this is a really intense argument and then yes. it's like we hear hank, hank t- talking from and the just ceiling, which is like really funny upside down on the ceiling just like it's casually like yet another subtle example of like hank mccoy just being a little awkward and like his gentle <laughs> way which i really i've really started to like beast a lot on this show yeah like, me too i was thinking the same thing and like some people that were tweeting at me about beast were like we love that he just recites poetry while he's kicking butt and i'm like yeah i'm kind I of kind like of, being I'm kind of more into it now like he's like a particular kind of nerd that is growing on me so he yeah. intervenes to say they're both being irrational and at first i was like no only xavier is but then i thought about it and i was like Cyclops wasn't necessarily a good leader on the mission. Like we had no, some harsh words for him that. last last time around when we were talking about that episode. So I mean, Hank saw that in action and he saw that Gene had to take Cyclops out during the mission in order to go through with what was the best plan. And so Hank is like, you're both being idiots and I think he's right. And then he says, neither preparation nor leadership could have prevented what occurred, which I think is also true. Like, I I think Xavier should have told them all the information he had, but even if he did, they probably couldn't have prevented anything that happened. I mean, they might have been slightly more prepared for the Eric the Red thing, but like... I don't know. I mean, it would have been completely different. So it's like hard to say. Anyway, then Beast is like talking about how he has to go examine these mind control implants that he took from the astronauts. I know. He just like walks off to go do his own nerdy thing. Fascinating. I know. It's it's funny. And Um, there's this great scene here that I'm going to summarize because I love it. Okay, great. Uh, Because you did the last one and I'm just all about this because I I could tell it as it is, but I'm going to translate what they're actually talking about here. So Hank walks out of the hospital and hears a bunch of like smashing 
and crashing and metal baning and mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. in the alleyway next door wolverine is kicking the shit out of trash cans the wall beating oh, himself Wolverine. it's like he's just like freaking out and hank's all like you know gene's actually doing much better better maybe you should go visit her and wolverine says maybe i don't like hospitals the last time i was on an operating table it didn't turn out so well and then he like dramatically she- unsheaths his claws yeah. and beast i love this because beast looks at his stuff he goes well Science can wait. And he turns to Wolverine. He's basically like, want to go to the titty bar? <laughs> and Wolverine's like, hell yeah. <laughs> this was that or so... they're going to go fuck. It's one of those two things. So. It was so endearing to me, though. Just the moment when he looks down at the implants and he just goes, science can wait. I was like, I'm learning so much about Beast in this moment. Like, he's just had to, like, emotionally psychoanalyze Cyclops and Xavier. And then he walks outside and he's like, oh, another one of my idiot friends is having a meltdown. And now I need to, like, tend to him it was just like this really sweet moment of like all the male I know. characters I really, I really like enjoyed being it. their emotional selves which we always enjoy on this show i know i forget where this other actually goes like the name of a he bar. says perhaps uh, he doesn't actually he says perhaps a sojourn to a manhattan night spot would help clear your mind yeah okay so that's what it was i remember hearing <laughs> that i was like okay so they're going to a strip club that's what's yeah, happening yeah 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 and so beast tails attacks that or they're like going to a place like where they can fuck like those or both i don't they're know they're going to a gay bar together and there's also I mean, strippers so. it's it's a multi-purpose bar anyway I know. and then and then there's a great scene here where beast calls a taxi over which doesn't make sense because they're in the alleyway and i guess there's just a taxi in the alley it's one of those weird little new york side streets you know the ones yeah i know just with a also casual. this is um this is actually an inaccuracy new yorkers put garbage out in front of buildings they don't put them in alleys like this but whatever I mean, Sorry, maybe they did, they did in the 90s. I don't remember. They didn't, um, but it doesn't matter. So no one cares. Beast calls over the taxi and he's like, I would like you to bring my, me and my friend. And the guy looks at Beast <laughs> and, and just, just screams. screams and drives away, which is a reminder that like we're doing this whole alien thing, but it's like it brings us back into the moment to be like, oh, yeah, mutants are like really... There's a lot of moments in this where it's like we're dealing with an alien crisis, but then it's like oh right, also mutants, on Earth, are, mutants treated are hated as second like class shit. citizens, like regular no, it's like, it's society. Like really yeah. bad, and I I kind of enjoy that they keep on bringing that back because they're like it kind of offers this perspective where the X Men are like we are literally fighting aliens from outer space, and the humans are like still being racist assholes. Yeah, it's a weird perspective, and I kind of like it. And then Beast turns around after this, he goes. Why is it so hard to get a taxi cab in New York? Wolverine <laughs> yeah. have decided that they're not going to go bang wherever yeah, well, they plan Logan on going. Logan just like immediately gives up and he goes, I think I'll spend some time alone and like wanders yeah. off. And like clearly since there was any resistance to him actually having a nice time with Beast, like that's enough for him to be like, I'm going to bail, which is like a right. sad ending to this scene. I think it would have been great if they had gone out to a gay bar or great. a strip club. I don't really care where but they would have gone. But the reason why they can't basically is because they're marginalized by this society like they they can't just go out on the town and have fun it's just like a little reminder of that it's just really sad there's so many good moments in this episode like i was like kind of blown away with how good it was even the wacky stuff all right so anyway now we have this this whole fucking thing where first of all xavier's parked a spaceship on top of the hospital that nobody's noticed by the way and it's like a i mean i guess it's just spaceship. yeah it's like it's one of the little tiny toy spaceships that like i guess they just take to and from like anything you would see that from the miles away because you'd be like what the fuck is that even and xavier opens it up and apparently like it fits his whole like hover wheelchair so yeah, he like, like he just, up he just into floats it. into it and then like situates himself into the 
plane, which I guess he just drove there by himself in this like toy plane that's only his. I don't even know. It's just like, why is that there? And so anyway, anyway as soon as he gets in, he starts immediately getting another telepathic message from Landra. Which to me, I was like, wow, I'm glad you didn't take off before this happened because oh, you would have been shit. wildly dangerous because you why certainly are they letting do anything by himself? I can't even believe he thinks he's safe to drive because I like know. he's basically getting all of these visions that incapacitate him utterly and so he starts screaming and there's like this huge pink beam shining down from space into the ship and like encompassing the ship with pink light and he screams not again and it's just like screaming for a thousand years yeah but then some crazy shit goes down where he passes out and then out of his body raises xavier well, but except- before that he sees a vision of lilandra reaching out to him but he doesn't touch her he just like sees her hands reaching for him and so we're yeah. like oh is she involved in all of it like what is happening here and it seems sinister like now she's a bad guy or sinister. something you know it, i know it seems like then, mr sinister then and so a then, second later xavier's he, he like astral body yeah, like well projects... we don't we know that but most the x-men don't know right. this but we can we the viewer can see it it's this other version and he's of himself. evil because he wears a cape and also he's like manically grinning like he yeah and oh, like, that's true he kind of does look like mr sinister he here he does and he's like narrowing his eyebrows together and there's all this like artful shadows over his face like you can, can we tell just talk about evil? like the fact that like xavier's true soul came out and it was just okay, like we don't know that yet we don't shit. know that that's what it is yet but like okay but like still that that the, his astral form is this evil piece of shit so like what does that say about xavier Excuse i honestly me. like didn't remember that that was the reveal i thought there was gonna be some other reveal that like the reason why this side of him was evil was because it was like Okay, well, no, other can we, we, we have to get there. Let's just get him. there. Let's keep going. Well, for now, the viewer doesn't know. You think maybe yeah. somebody else has possessed him or something, and so you we just don't see really this understand. other version so of Xavier. This, we don't like, know who it is. This goes off, and like, first it it sees where all the x-men are yeah yeah like the other the other xavier the evil xavier is cycling through seeing like where everybody is and so he sees storm meditating and he sees gene and scott in the hospital and then he sees logan on the subway he also sees uh gambit and jubilee in line for a broadway show yeah and so then we go to the scene of actually logan on the subway and he's just like standing in the subway car and then he like looks into the other car that's behind the one he's in and he sees yuriko in there well, it literally is Mariko. Oh my I god! I mean, I don't. It's, it's not. It's though. like one of those moments. I know that the show made it Yuriko, but like this particular drawing was like it's so Mariko. specifically Mariko. I was like, I was like, oh my god, that Mariko is in here. And then he was like Yuriko, and it's like, wait, <laughs> what? And I was like, who's Yuriko? And I know who Yuriko is. I just got so confused well, in that because, because it was blatantly the Mariko. And if anybody wants to know what we're talking about, you can listen to our Lady Death Strike episodes where we explain all of this bullshit. All that bullshit. So anyway, she's in the other car and she walks away from the window and he follows her and has to like go open the door to the other car. But when he gets right. in there, it's completely empty, which is spooky. And then suddenly the lights go out and you see this like strobe light. And oh my God, the animation here is so good, it's so by the way. so fucking good. I am loving the animation of season three so much. Season three, I We've mean, like, saying I understand that for like that, every like, episode, but it's like remarkable and really enjoyable. I mean, to watch. aside from like the weird bullshit that was the first two episodes with Lady Deathstrike, I feel but like even it's then, been like there were so, cool animation. The animation was so good. And like, I feel 
feel like the writing itself has been pretty good and I just I feel like they went all out for the Phoenix Saga and I, I agree and they probably just like phoned in those Lady Deathstrike episodes because they needed like some extra stuff or something and they were like I yeah. don't know let's slap something together but I'm glad they're bringing it for these ones so anyway Sabretooth appears in the train car and I briefly thought that Logan's shirt disappeared but actually it's just like the weird lighting <laughs> it's funny that like what would happen Sabretooth well, appears and Wolverine's like, like shit I gotta get type. naked that's what I thought happened and I was laughing so hard but he's wearing like a skin tight t-shirt where you can like see all of his entire six pack through the shirt and I was like oh my goodness as we all do I definitely look that way too yeah and then Sabretooth morphs into Deadpool I know so you don't see Deadpool at first you just see somebody shooting at Wolverine and he gets like almost knocked out of the back of the train and he's like hanging out of the train car and then you turn the camera turns around and sees like the light casting down and it's Deadpool and it's like a really cool weird shot also then, like a really weird cameo because yeah. I mean Deadpool was still I think the reason why he was here is because Deadpool was like brand new at that point or I not guess? brand new he was he was or like, like relatively, relatively new, new and like new and like and I think cool. he had his own series at that point because that's when that started was like the mid 90s right mm-hmm. I think so. so but yeah I, he wasn't as popular a character as he is now and he definitely wasn't even the same version of Deadpool that he is now like he didn't start becoming that fleshed no. out character until like decades of of writers having their hands on it but anyway then deadpool transforms into xavier before saying anything or being his his snarky or unsnarky self and then xavier who is wearing a cape and is obviously standing up and walking shoots a beam at wolverine and like knocks him off of the train so he's now got this like psychic energy that he can blast at people right and wolverine's response is professor walking which i like he's not challenging the fact that xavier's evil he's just he like, like wow he's standing beams up of light at people that hurt them or like any yeah. of the other things that are happening and so evil xavier has like an interesting like almost distorted voice that like still kind of sounds like xavier but and it like is him but it's like a spooky voice and so he says this whole monologue where he, he's like you are an animal always causing trouble you never follow orders i'm sick of your selfish undisciplined arrogance and i loved wolverine's back which was i ain't too fond of you right now either professor and or like, ever let's be finally, real finally wolverine not liking professor xavier like God. i know it's so good but then okay so then we have like a crazy situation where she hears jubilee screaming and jubilee's been tied to the tracks and mm-hmm. a train is coming and xavier shoots i don't know like a bunch of like a... glue at, at wolverine's feet oh that's better than what i wrote i said cum gun yeah it's a bunch <laughs> of cum onto wolverine's feet and he has to use his claws to, to cut himself like out of it was like it gl- looks like glue it. it immediately it's like wow that's really obvious what it was but i went a much dirtier route immediately i, I didn't mean, even think of glue folks that's what it looks like I'll that's what the this show is decide. and so wolverine like just barely manages to escape from this and then picks up jubilee but as soon as he picks her up she like fades away and it's clear that she's an illusion and so he like leaps off the tracks just as the train right. comes hurtling down and and then he just says to himself next time i'll walk which i was like yeah 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 wolverine. i kind of I wonder if that was like also him maybe like admitting that he just drank a shitload of alcohol and was like so drunk <laughs> I'm that she so drunk right now <laughs> yeah 
it's been a long time. I remember my early 20s, I would get drunk and like start like losing my sense of reality. I so, mean, like, that would make sense as to why he was like in the alley by himself kicking the trash cans, which is yeah. the kind of thing you do when you're in a belligerent drunk mood. But I mean, also like I assume that his body like metabolizes that so fucking fast, right? I know. So I don't know if Wolverine can get drunk. Folks, write in and tell us what you think about that. That's probably why he drinks only beer, no water. Okay, so he Wolverine walks leaves, out. And... Yeah, and he sees that Gambit Jubilee are in line at the Broadway show, but he's like hiding from from them and we have this this scene where gambit's like hitting, hitting on a lady on in front of them front and he's them, like yeah. hey Cher. do you know a good place to get some cajun in this town yeah and jubilee's like hey you said you would take me to this broadway show and gambit goes the show ain't gonna last all night petite but i'll still be going which i loved, loved. i was, was, I was like they, i can't believe they put a line that's that sexual into this I know. show and gambit was just like you know once when you go home i'm gonna get laid like yeah, my dick's like, gonna go I... somewhere need to continue fucking or i'll die i'm like a shark yeah, pretty much <laughs> uh but then xavier screams i have a ticket for you one way to oblivion and they're like what the and that's when xavier like uses his beam to push jubilee into the street and wolverine mm-hmm. saves her and then jubilee has the same reaction yeah, as she xavier, goes, Professor as xavier is walking <laughs> i know i love how none of them challenge that he's evil they're just like so blown away that he's like walking around yeah and like jubilee doesn't even bat an eye at being pushed into the street by xavier which <laughs> really says a lot about like how his reputation is doing but logan has responds to her to be like that ain't xavier and Gambit just goes, Wolverine, what's happening? And like charges a card and tries to throw it at the evil Xavier. At the ghost, yeah. But Xavier telekinetically shoots it into the ticket booth and that just explodes. So I guess that guy's dead. And okay, Gambit but also, is I have like a question. completely unfazed by that, which is amazing. So like, wait, but like if that happened and then later on, like we do find out that it's all illusion. So what was that? Because, well, that was like, the actual nothing- card. So like Gambit charged the card and... I guess Xavier was still able to use telekinesis to push the charged card back into the ticket taker booth. So like that person still died. Like that was still (laughs) essentially Gambit, the equivalent of Gambit charging a card and throwing it into the booth himself, you know, like it's still Gambit's own powers that are killing this man. Pretty much. Yeah. So Gambit turns back around and he's like, I've got more where that came from. And, and yeah. And Xavier screams, it's not a game. And then he like disappears and reappears. And he says, as Jubilee's shooting him and the Wolverine says, Jubes. He's like, Jubes, I said hit him, not disintegrate him. <laughs> yeah. And so then after he reappears, he goes, your puny mutant powers cannot harm me. I created the X-Men and what I created, I can destroy. Which like all of these lines are so much more intense once it's revealed that it's like actually a part of Xavier that feels I know. this way. It's like so like, Some nuts. part of him... Like wants that. to kill all his X Men, which is, is so megalomaniacal that he believes he has the right to kill the X Men because he's he the one do, who created them. He thinks them. he has the power to do it, you know. Well, he does. I mean, this version of him does, which is terrifying. There's a lot of there's a lot of times in the comic books where Xavier like goes evil and like does try to kill the X Men. I mean, it's that's basically what this is. I mean, it's establishing just, that the times that, and it's so shitty because sometimes then when Xavier is gone, they're like, "Here, Magneto, you lead the X Men," and everyone's like, "Oh, I don't know if you trust Magneto." <laughs> Like, Magneto doesn't just regularly try to kill you because he, like, is bored. Yeah, like, like you know Magneto what I mean? tries to kill you guys when you get in his way when he's, like, doing specific activism shit. Like, he has yeah, specific reasons for much. trying to kill you guys that are, like, explained by him. Xavier just gets onto tears where he's I like, I kind of want to kill you guys. fantasizes about killing them, which is fucked up. I know. And they, like, don't react to it. But whatever, we're skipping way ahead. Okay, we so are. Jubilee I think we're just, like, Storm. so blown away by that. It's crazy. Yeah. Well, this episode is wild. 
wild. So Jubilee calls Storm, which like, thank God, somebody's calling the most powerful A competent X-Men. X-Men. I know. <laughs> she just goes, the professor's going nuts, which is funny. And so Storm flies she... over there. And we yeah. see a little flashback just to sort of situate the viewer in what's happening where the actual Professor X is like in his ship and he's like seeing everything but is powerless to stop it. And he goes, For some reason. no, Storm will hurt you too. And then we go back to Times Square where the fight is going on. Yep. And this is like another situation where we're reminded that despite all this crazy shit with like a potential alien and ghosts or whatever the fuck is happening the cops show up and they oh immediately God, yeah. they, they show up with all their guns and they're like freeze mutants yes and julie's and julie's like don't arrest us arrest, arrest him. him and, and she points to the xavier and they say arrest who and, Logan and then we goes, get a shot of nobody there yeah. it's just like the x-men which is like so spooky it is but also spooky. like i like how they're they show up and they're just gonna shoot them they don't even know if the mutants did anything like i know just they don't immediately... really know what's going on and all no. the cops have their guns drawn and like almost immediately more cops are showing up like it's like more and more cops all all these cops like are just gonna come and shoot down weaponry. the mutants like that's what they want and logan's like they, they can't, can't see, see him because he ain't there and, and i can't goes, smell his bald ass yeah <laughs> yeah gambit goes then how come he can hurt us and and logan says that line where he's like i i know i know he ain't there because i can't smell him which is an interesting yeah. narrative touch like i really liked that that they thought yeah, of too. that um me and too. so then there's a bajillion cops surrounding them and gambit they all have their hands up and they're like waiting to get arrested and gambit goes how are you gonna explain we've been fighting someone who ain't there and wolverine just goes i won't and pops and his he's claws like, which he's is like ready to badass. kill all the cops and well we're they're like, gonna oh my kill God. them and like, i know what are they gonna do Thank get God arrested storm shows up you know like yeah, storm, storm shows up She's like, in. let the mist cover your well, retreat. First, first she goes, Wolverine, allow me, which I liked a lot. I love that too. I love and her. And then after the, the the fog is there, Logan's like, I have an idea. Let's get lost in the fog. And it's like, <laughs> she literally just told you to do that. And I love the cops going, I can't see anything. <laughs> I think they added those lines in later just to be like, is it clear what's happening here? Because <laughs> they're like worried that it would be confusing because you can't really see the X-Men escaping because they're like escaping into the fog. So I don't know. I was yeah. fine. And then we then we have another great scene where we go back to Jean's hospital room. I love all of this. This whole scene is so good because Scott is first of all, we find out that Rogue's still on a mission somewhere because well, Scott also, calls we finally, her. This was around the time of the episode where I was like, are we seriously not gonna see Rogue? And then the episode delivered by having Scott call Rogue on the phone and be like, Rogue, get back as soon as you can. We may need you. And I was like, Well, at least they're acknowledging that she's not fucking here. Like Yeah, right. That's and I think she's as good as we're gonna get, at least for now, when it comes to well, Rogue. Well, I think she has a big face off in one of the coming episodes. I think I there's gotta be a reason why why she wasn't there it's like the same thing as storm not being there sometimes where it's like the two of them are just so strong that i know they, where like, they have to kind have of come to be up somewhere with else. a reason why yeah and also like if she had her super strength and she was fighting like ghost xavier that wouldn't really work so i i don't mind that she's not there mostly because yeah, storm still got to do some cool shit and so does gene in a second um yep. so, so then xavier, xavier shows up yeah, and he just starts screaming, ingrate, incompetent fool. And Cyclops is just like, <laughs> oh Professor? <laughs> Xavier just is like, usually you only talk to me like this when no one else is listening, but I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I guess this is going to go down right now. And Xavier's like, I am here to destroy you. And Jean just wakes up, just like, Scott. And <laughs> then Cyclops screams. Scott like 50 times in the background. I know, and Cyclops is like, why, why are, are you, you doing, doing this? this? I don't want to hurt you. And Xavier's like, but I want to hurt you. And Jean's like, no, Scott. And Scott's like, I can't fight it. And Jean's like, he's making you think. 
think there's a beam hitting you, but it's all in your mind. And like, which is Cyclops, cool. Also, Cyclops is about to like jump out and like basically commit suicide. Yeah, because like, he's like by the window and is like getting pushed against it. I don't know if he right. would have jumped out or just like fallen out. No, no. I think but... I think all these things. It's the same thing as Gambit's card, where I think Gambit did throw that card at that dude, and like Xavier made him do it by like making him think that he was doing something else. Right. Yeah. I mean, basically, Xavier yeah. is like tricking the X Men into dying or killing people which which is really fucked up and if that's what xavier thinks about in his free time it's like jesus christ dude get therapy also like put you in a room where nobody can ever talk to you i i mean i agree but yeah for some reason that's not how the x-men react at the end of this episode but maybe they're just too shocked to know what to do so then gene sort of springs into accent action and she this like fiery phoenix appears behind her as she like blasts at the vision and it disappears and cyclops doesn't see this because if he did he'd probably be like why is my wife on fire (laughs) yeah i think gene is the one who's saying his mind seems to be out of control about xavier because she can like telepathically oh yeah it's it's gene she's Basically, Jean is like, this is a psychic projection of Xavier, and Scott, or like after it blows up, she's like, that was a psychic projection of Xavier, and Scott's just like, why? Yeah, and so she uses her telepathy to determine where Xavier actually is, and then finds out he's on the roof in his little Oh my god, can we talk about how she does it? She's like, let me find him, and she just sits there and she goes, Professor Xavier! Professor Xavier, Professor Xavier. I was like, okay. And then she's like, he's on the roof. <laughs> well, it's not, it's not the strongest visual indicator of what psychic powers are no, like. No, I know. But... Okay, but here we go. This is the scene. Oh, this is my it. Okay, God. so okay. all the X-Men show up except for Rogue. They all show up to the roof and on top of the- And they're all gathered around him and they like open up the top of his ship and are just like, so what's up? And he like wakes up I guess and suddenly can talk to them about what happened. Quote unquote wakes up. He says, I felt a psychic probe of enormous power, the same one that earned me the trouble at the space station. Only this time it dug deeper. The probe overwhelmed all the safeguards I have built to control the powers (laughs) of my mind, including the dark side, the destructive urges that live within us all. Which like... Okay, you know what, Xavier? Nobody else has that problem. Nobody just has like a destructive. I mean, like I mean, to like, some sure, degree, everybody maybe has like, like, to, like some impulse of like you know a person really annoys me, but like not to this extent. Like, no, it's like Xavier's like you know that dark part of your soul where you want to kill everyone you love, but like we in a way where you just slowly us. torture them and like fantasize different ways to just like use all of their faults against them and like undermine them to their face. And it's yeah, like, exactly. I mean, it's just a thing that nobody else has this issue, dude. It's just you. What did I say earlier? I said, basically, Xavier is like, I want to be a shitty person, but I realize that's not acceptable. So I put up a lot of fake faces to make people think I'm not one. You know, like that in and of itself isn't even an explanation that makes any sense to me. I'm already like, so this is what you're using your psychic powers to do? So basically you're evil, dude. Yeah. You're just evil. You're an evil villain. But like you're you're self-aware enough to realize that being evil is wrong, so you've like demarcated it off part of your brain. It's absurd. Like also he's like, I put up psychic walls against the parts of you that make me evil. It's like, that doesn't even make sense, dude. So are you brainwashing yourself or are you just like making bullshit up so people are like, oh, that's all right. It's like a truly 
truly incredible reveal. And so while he's monologuing about this, we see Eric watching this on like a screen in space. And like, I just wrote that he was watching it on Sinister Vision because obviously Mr. Sinister is the one taping it and sending it to Eric the Red and the Emperor in space. And so like, I don't know why Eric is watching it, but I'm sure it'll be revealed eventually. And the rest of Xavier's monologue that I bothered to write down was him saying, that dark side of my nature lashed out without reason or compassion, trying to destroy what I loved the most, the X-Men. And I just am still like, I don't, I don't know why we're supposed to sympathize with you after this. Now that we know that you have a side of you that wants to kill the X-Men and that you're like only barely able to keep it in check. I know. And it's like the the sympathizing here is we need to fire Xavier or run the X-Men without him. That's what it needs to be. Okay. By the way, there's a dude who's filming on this. That's, be that has the brainwashing chip on him and i thought what was going to happen oh, is, is that, that in this how moment, eric gets it i didn't see that i guess i was writing yeah, there's down my a dude notes. filming it and i was like oh so does this mean that like they're gonna in this moment of revealing that xavier's an evil piece of shit somebody's gonna take it to the news no it's just somebody like live streaming to eric the red so <laughs> eric the red can go xavier's the key we shall be ready yeah that's his only line and i was like the key to what but i guess we'll find out whatever i don't know but then all the x-men go down into the alleyway so they move from the roof to the alley i don't know why by the way i don't either they just move to a second location and xavier continues to monologue in the second location and by the way everyone is just silent which i actually kind of liked because i was like what the fuck trying to process like i know they're like what do we even say about this and eventually xavier's like i can't be trusted anymore cyclops is going to lead the team in until I return and Jubilee's like return, return from, from where, where? Yeah, like, where that's the, the fuck first are you going thing that now anybody even says to him is just Jubilee and he doesn't like, tell them by the way I mean maybe he does and it just but it cuts away because it's like bagpipes it's, oh yeah it's, it's like Julie goes return from where and then it's like Muir Island and I was like okay it's like the loudest bag it was you've ever so heard in your much life. and then i love this whole thing because oh i was like I trans- my god <laughs> i can't even okay so they show up an and xavier lands episode. his little jet and moira and banshee are there yeah banshee is in this episode banshee suddenly is here was i know he, and he, xavier comes out and moira right? goes like hi charles this is my fiance banshee and banshee's <laughs> like it's really nice to meet you mr xavier and xavier's like excuse me i have to go to my quarter show me where it is i can't talk to you right now and it's they like so leaves without rude. though he goes how fortunate i I just like glares at them while like coasting away and moira goes i've never seen him like this sean it may be even worse than he told me oh my god i just i translated it to moira be like i'm honestly surprised that didn't go well for some reason it was like really funny to me because i was imagining what xavier could have told the first thing she said she's just like as soon as he pops out he's like hi xavier she's like hey i'm fucking somebody else and it's banshee (laughs) (laughs) also we're getting married hello yeah um anyway so then it goes to xavier and he's staring out of his he's like in this his guest room or whatever he's He's staring at the window at the the moon in the darkness and he goes are you out there i fear you yet i sense you may be the answer to my loneliness which is like a surprisingly like romantic thing to suddenly be saying to this mysterious I don't know. character. I feel like he's like looking at he's this power surge. He's rebounding from and, Moira 
and yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I think it's more like he's like I'm just so lonely and nobody like I feel likes this. Me. I nobody don't likes know me, why. and I'm a selfish piece of shit. And reach out to me because I'm just so lonely. Not because you need help. I'm just so lonely. Xavier is just such a piece of shit in this episode. It's like there aren't even. It's like words. so much because that outside like Banshee is like basically he's like Banshee's like. Do you think he still loves you? Mara's like, no. I think he's just a piece of shit, and I'm literally the only friend he has. She does say that. Well, she says the second part. She well, says. She <laughs> says he needs me, and then she says, "I think I'm the only friend that he has." And she's not fucking wrong, to be I honest. Know. It's like, I mean, like, why is Moira even putting up with this? Well, you know what is Moira like? I mean, basically, as, she's she, not anymore. Like this version of Moira like, is like actually not. She's she's breaking up with Xavier to date Banshee, which like I don't think that happened. I know Banshee likes her in the in some comics, but I don't think they actually date, right? No, they well they don't get married for sure. I think there might be some like flirtation, but it's not like as intense as this is. Mm-hmm. This is so. like they're engaged, they're like making out, and so then it, I mean, there is like, like it's this like one funny of those weird shot. things because like also this is the first time Xavier is meeting Banshee, but in the comic books they by would the have time already known Phoenix each saga, other, and yeah, like, like Banshee would have already been like part of yeah, things. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, there's all that's that's always a problem on this show that was like well, having to suddenly introduce i know this is really fucking funny so moira and sean are like about Making to kiss out. and like right like, before no, they, they kiss, are kissing they're having like a really passionate moment is like shooting into yeah, xavier's room they don't see it and they don't see it like as they're making out on this hillside which is absurd and xavier's like <laughs> screaming and floating <laughs> they don't hear that either they don't hear it and he says and so xavier reaches out to L- to Lelandra finally and they and finally he does, touch, they do touch hands this time which i guess this is how space travel works for them because as soon as he does that she materializes yeah like in his in room, room she teleports to him as soon as they touch hands and she like falls to the ground and takes off her helmet to reveal this like it's like it's a very like samus aran moment actually it is except i don't know that she's as cool as samus samus doesn't need to date anybody but no she doesn't but i okay so this is like this whole thing i'm i wrote it all down so i'll I'll do it this time but basically like i just want to point out that this whole thing is so reflective in an awesome way it's reflective of how specifically like 70s and 80s sci-fi was written at that time and like how mystical and magical because like as soon as she starts talking i was like straight up we're in a he-man episode yes it's fine because like it's not like he-man what we talk about he-man and she-ra is like oh that's that is the epitome of that type of show they created no he-man and she-ra was like every show at the time this he-man and she-ra was like the most popular Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and it was also like taking its inspiration from i mean we talked about we talk about he-man characters on the show all the time but like those characters are in marvel comics as well and so like it's really just that that's what that time period was like and lalantra has a really awesome voice and she talks very slowly and majestically and i like this okay so sounds like xavier i know and xavier's like who are you? And Lalandra's like, I am Lalandra. Let me show you. And she like, this like mystical beam of light comes out of her forehead. So she's got like some kind of psychic abilities going on, but we don't really understand the extent of it. Mm-hmm. And she has a really long monologue here, but it's like so cool. And I love the story of the Shi'ar. Like all of this is correct. Um, and it, like, as I said, it's going to sound very humany, but basically she goes, I am the sister of Takan, the emperor of the Shi'ar. I serve my brother loyally until I found out he wished to possess the greatest power of the universe, the ancient crystal of the Enkron, immeasurably powerful. My brother wishes to harness the crystal's power, to use it as a weapon. My brother is mad. It is written that if the crystal is breached, both of our galaxies could be at risk. And then there's like a shot of a bunch of like grasshopper aliens like dying. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and like a black hole and planets getting sucked into yeah, it. Yeah, there's like, like all sorts so of shit. Apocalyptic shit is happening. Right. And then Elijah keeps going. She's like, to keep the crystal safe for my brother, I violated its ancient sanctuary, the most sacred temple of the Shi'ar. I stole the Enkron crystal. I escaped on a space cruiser, but my brother followed me with spaceships of the Imperial fleet. They intended to destroy me and my ship to get the crystal. I managed to reach your solar system, but Takan will follow me here in time. That's why you must help me. And throughout that, we see her doing those things. We see her like taking the crystal and running away from the temple, and it's cool. And she's got like this very Shira esque yeah. like Tila outfit. It's on. like it's so it's so reminiscent of that, and also like Star Wars because yeah. it, this is where we're like introducing concepts that are like the basically star wars where it's like the empire versus like mm-hmm. the a rebels. mystical crystal i mean it's not like a lightsaber crystal but it's still like no oh, but i think this is thing. this is what i meant by like i'm pretty sure this episode influenced a lot of what i wrote when i was a teenager because there was a point in time where maddie and i were rewriting like old genius oh, do stories you called mean it the legend of the dark crystal and also the fire crystal <laughs> yeah. and i was like there okay. were so many old stories ryan wrote where there would be a mystical crystal but also like technology in addition to magic like we were really into like tech no magic stuff in the early days. I think that Gino. was just like our generation. It's like in the eighties, like that's what was like a thing. Like that's I'm what a lot of cartoons that, like, were about. The modern day Marvel Cinematic Universe doesn't really do that, and it's like kind of too late now for them to even have that be the vision of it. But like, yeah, that's I what agree. it used to be. The techno magic be... thing isn't even like that. Like popular even in like cartoons now. Like not just Marvel cartoons, just like well, all Steven cartoons. Universe does it. So whatever. That's true. I was thinking <laughs> Steven Universe for a second there. Anyway, so we keep going. Xavier's like. What led you here to me? And we have like this really interesting like concept here where Landers like the Shi'ar believe that two minds can be linked at the moment of their creation, destined to seek each other out in their time of need, a bond like love, but only, only deeper. deeper. Do you also believe this? And Xavier goes, I do, I do now. now. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, to be fair, I think he would because, like, okay, that's I fucking mean, like, crazy. I mean, like, a space makes... hottie lands in your bedroom and yeah. is like, I stole a crystal and we're destined to be together. Like, yeah, you're going to go with that shit. Like, who would? I know. I, I just, I know. And the land just like, I've seen your face a thousand times in my mind. And you think they're going to make out, but well, then there's like a buzz. Well, she, like, reaches out for his face and it's very Yeah, romantic. she's touching it. It is. And Xavier goes, it's all right, Moira. Because his, like, door buzzer goes off and he but thinks it's But then the whole Moira. thing busts out oh and fucking juggernauts in there. He's like, oh it's my- a juggernaut bitch dear brother and he grabs Lalandra and he's like and you must be Lalandra <laughs> to be continued like, dun, okay dun, also dun. again did Moira and Banshee not see Juggernaut walking up to their I facility know! because <laughs> I thought of that too I was like so Moira and Banshee are still fucking just like stone cold yeah, fucking like, outside in the darkness yeah, and they don't know what's going on it's like, so amazing way to be amazing. ridiculously unhelpful and have no security at all for this place like for okay sure. guys okay I know it's it's so good basically that's it but i love all the stuff with the shiar and lalandra is just so mystical i keep on talking about this but it's she's it's very what was cool. great about those those comics and cartoons at that time which was like and it's a form of storytelling that really doesn't happen anymore and like we see a bit of it in steven universe but like and i love it but yeah i mean that's part of why i like steven universe so much is because it's like one of the only shows that's kind of tapping into the like she-ra and like sailor moon and all those kinds of genres that i like loved as a kid and i i don't know that there are yeah, that me many too. other i think it's because like there were so many of them and it's like it was a type of genre that doesn't exist anymore and it's sad yeah i mean there might be anime that's doing it and we just aren't caught up enough on on new anime to know about it but um yeah, it's definitely true. not happening like in western shows at least 
or people can write in and tell us if they have like. I mean, if there are, then we would love to. I would love to watch watch like a similar Shira, and I'm and I'm excited slash nervous for the Shira reboot. By the way, like the time is definitely right for a Shira reboot, and I will watch it and. It probably it's yeah, but it's it. like written and directed by women and I know, it looks like steven universe so i'm fine. fine i just was so into that show as a kid that i can't not like also be worried that it's well, gonna I, be bad. i know but you have to remember that there were eight seasons of both he-man and she and they were and, like, terrible a lot of this, i know i know we bad. love them but a lot of them were pretty bad but well uh, that's not anyway. what this show is even though this no, episode felt at the very end like a she-ra episode um mostly this episode was about xavier and, and okay let's okay, jump into so politics, politics. We have so ma- oh my god there's so many there's so many <laughs> for once i mean we the past few episodes there haven't been and now there's just a lot and i'm all i'm all about it because we let's quickly talk there's xavier there is this intergalactic war the I know, politics about and that I, empire. I immediately was like so this gem this crystal is like probably an atomic bomb metaphor right because it's like right. this extremely powerful thing that could be used for evil and i mean that's just the time period i guess but i don't know yeah that was what i thought of um i did too i was definitely like it's it's a it's something that can like destroy civilization yeah in a yeah second. yeah and so it's being stolen because we're worried about this evil government using it so yeah there's also and before we get into all the politics there's also a lot of mutant hating and bigotry mm-hmm. and like people but it's subtle shot i mean i cops. like yes yeah that too that part wasn't yeah. subtle the beast scene was subtle in a way that i thought was good um the cop scene i was just like holy shit the x-men are gonna die again uh, that was like okay this cop scene was like the one where it's like all right this again is when the show is very relevant even now two decades later i mean no, i kind of three appreciate decades. that like even in the 90s when it wasn't like as popular of a commentary to make this show was coming out against cops by like frequently positioning them as like trigger happy and in the wrong like that has consistently happened on this show like yeah, them being, i totally like, agree cops are shooting first and asking questions later they're not actually evaluating the situation properly like that's presented as a concern unlike some kids shows where the cops are presented as like you should always trust the cops and it's great that the cops are here like that totally happens but this show isn't asserting that so i think that's interesting and cool yeah it's it's very interesting and like i the other show at the time that there was two other shows in the 90s that were just wildly popular and totally like this and that was batman the animated series and gargoyles and in gargoyles the cops are they're positioned as really great people because yes. we have elisa maza who's an awesome yeah and detective. then like batman obviously is like sleeping with commissioner gordon so like how bad could yeah, that guy be? and those those shows are very like pro cops in ways that are maybe insidious but the x-men is not like that at all it's like a very no, leftist not. view of cops and it's like the only reason why the x-men have to become vigilantes is because they're meeting a need that the cops aren't meeting and like that right. the government isn't meeting like they have to do this and they don't even want to but like that's the situation and you feel for them and like the x-men don't even want to be put in this position of power they've been put there forcibly and like that's interesting to me you know as opposed to batman who's just like rich and i don't know friends with cops i i I don't even like batman's universe like makes less and less sense as it goes and like batman the animated series does a pretty good job of like navigating the difficulties of that but like that's still batman's deal and it's well i think i mean at at least in batman they have Barbara Gordon as Batgirl on that show specifically and having her constantly navigate the torture of being a vigilante and her father being a cop right. and like being pulled in those two directions all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
But I mean, that helps. But I, I don't know. I love the X-Men. What can I say? I like the I mean, positioning so I. Of, of them in this story. And I think the animated show does a good job of like showing that even they to really a kid. Do. They do. And they also do such a good job with the scene with Beast, which is a lot more subtle because like he's trying to call a taxi cab. But it's not just about like the taxi cab driver being a racist piece of shit and driving away it's also like a reminder that like yeah we actually can't go out because we're gonna be treated like shit wherever yeah, we go and so and like, like and we're just not gonna go sucks. out which is so sad yeah oh my god and then there's xavier <laughs> oh my god xavier is like he is a piece of shit like okay do you remember what else do you say about do you this remember i can't what the rest of the episodes are like like how do they redeem him after this because how the fuck do you even do it? If you're somebody who, like, inherently wants to cause harm to other people and, like, you don't because, like, you get a lot of therapy, but, like, it's, like, that is still there. Yeah, in this case, it's, like, Xavier has kind of given himself therapy in a mystical, magical way where he's, also, like, I'm just really... forcing down the parts of myself that want to hurt all of you. But Which it's... is so fucked up! It It's... I don't actually know that this is, like, representative of any real It's actually... Thing. It's a Nine Inch Nails song. <laughs> I just... I don't know. I found it so bizarre that a kid's show would be telling us this about a character who's like been the leader for most of this show oh i know i was like how can we ever trust him after this and also is the show doing this intentionally like is the rest of the show going to invite us to mistrust xavier because like we already hate him but i don't really remember like how the narrative treats him and whether there's going to be like subtle examples of cyclops like going against him in the future after this and that I would be interesting remember, honestly to see. i really don't and i hope that happens I think, because i mean it'd be more interesting you know, i know because we, we just want to be dumb but we know that he's in the, the rest of the show and he's fine so like it's we know that somehow it gets resolved but it, it, it sets up this idea that xavier is always sending them on these missions and he's like got this dream and we are supposed to follow everything Xavier's saying but it turns out that like they would be much better off with Magneto because Magneto's perspective isn't like I'm going to hurt the people because Magneto is it, it shows us here that Xavier is like I want to do what's best for me yeah. and also like I want to hurt all of you where Magneto is the opposite where he's like I want the mutants to work with me so I can protect them. Yeah. And so it's like, it's very much like you see that, like this balance of like, yeah, Magneto is a much more extreme activist. However, he's trying to like, he's trying to support his mutant people. kind. He doesn't have like, he's, Xavier he's got, doesn't have that bigger picture of like, what's best for mutants. He only thinks no. about himself and his own image. And even that, like his line about being like, I created the X-Men. I can destroy you is like, it's such a disgusting thing to say to the people who you Which raised as I like know. children, can, basically. Right. And I also want to point out that in the last season, we just saw the mutates, which Magneto created. But he like during that entire thing feels very like mournful and be like, you know, I, I messed up. I shouldn't have done this. Yeah. And like, you know, I'm going to let them live their lives now because even though they're capturing us, but like I'm going to let them live their lives because I took that from them and they should have that and i i mourn that i feel sorrow i fucked up and xavier is just like i could just kill the people i create if i don't like what also happens. xavier at no point admits that he did anything wrong in this episode like he doesn't even apologize like even after he comes out of it he's not like i'm really sorry for like be i, I mean i don't even think he like is able to evaluate the situation in that way he just is like well I just really wanted somebody in that moment to turn to Xavier and be like, no wonder Magneto dumped you. (laughs) 
I mean, I don't know. I don't know how I'm going to take... I already don't take Xavier seriously ever on this show, but I after this either. episode, I, I, I was mean, just anywhere, like, period. Shit, but, like, I was just, like, in re-watching this from a critical lens and, like, how much we've stressed on this show, how much Xavier's a piece of shit, I'd be like, wow. Like, because he just straight up, like, he's just, like... You know, that deep, dark side of us that just wants to kill and torture everyone you love and creating families so you could just kill them later. I suppress that. I mean, and it's like he's basically just an abusive person. It's like so fucking weird. And like Wolverine is there and Wolverine's killed people. and He's had issues with people. And like he feels so bad about everything he's ever done. Like even like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, he feels bad about sh- fucking Yuriko, which is like not canon, but he like, at, at he least according to this, that. he feels bad about it, even though there was like really nothing he could have done differently there. I know. And like Xavier, I mean, Xavier Wolverine on the show will run into his past people, past boyfriends and girlfriends. There's a lot of them. And he sort of is like, it's over. Just leave me alone, please. Like, you know, like, I'm sorry. He'll like say he's sorry. And like, you, I don't know. Wolverine's somebody who's full of regret. And Xavier just like, he doesn't regret his actions. He just like, he just finds a reason to be like, this basically justifies why I tried to kill all of you. Yeah. He's, all, he's constantly able to find and justification it's also not my for fault. it. I don't know. He just like, he comes off like an abusive parent or something here where like, like, he's so like, well, up. I see why you would think that way, but actually I was still right. And it was just that I had to do things this way in order to show how right I still am. And it's like, I don't know. I, I appreciate that the show is like going that deep with his character. I Me too. don't know that it's going to last in coming I seasons. Either. I feel like th- some of that good work, might be undone right. later but for now i really liked the way that it was shown like i thought it was like haunting and well written so i agree and it's like you know the writing on this show can be very good and like this is an example of the whole thing being very good and multiple layers and i i wasn't expecting to really love an episode that was like so hyper focused on xavier me but either, i really but loved this episode kind of figures that this is the one we would like that would be about i know xavier. that's true i it's mean the you're one right. where he finally reveals what a massive piece of shit he is as opposed to being like passive aggressive which is what he usually does at least now he's like finally being truthful and putting it on the surface that he like he's not doesn't being fucking care well that's true but you know what i mean he's being like he's he's being as much of a piece of shit as he secretly always wanted to be all the time yeah, pretty, you know? pretty much I, there's like other stuff going on here too uh there's nasa covering up the fact yeah. that there's aliens and mutants and that mutants has broken into a government facility and like went up there and fought the aliens and they're covering all that up and in the 90s do you remember like how big of a deal it was that people were like nasa's hiding stuff from us area 51 (laughs) it was like now but yeah you're right it was definitely area 51 was definitely like way more of a thing in the 90s like well the 90s was like super about aliens i don't know if you remember that because the 80s was about like the robot takeover and technology ruining us and like the 90s people were really like haunted by the idea of aliens coming we had so many alien tv shows like the x-files was huge yeah and it's not like star trek which like 60s well, and 70s yeah. it's like it's different this is this like is alien invasion like, yeah it's about you know imperialism narrative aliens right or and then communism narrative aliens right and then we have whatever's happening with the shiar empire where there's clearly somebody right, who's which a we're dictator. still only getting glimpses of but at least for the moment we've got this kind of atomic bomb metaphor and we've got this princess leia type who's stealing away this powerful yeah, thing and smuggling it out of there and turning on her own brother as opposed and to also like you know she's father? somebody that's of royalty and <laughs> yeah. like supposedly 
like you know this person's an, a, a dictator and like she's trying to get away from that and she doesn't want this dude to like destroy everything it's gotta be pretty hard to turn on your own brother like that so that'll be interesting unless he's to see honestly a piece of out. shit you know i mean sometimes you gotta clearly this empire does not give a shit if they go to other galaxies and just start destroying shit. They, like, are fine with conquering everything. Yeah, I don't know what their full... I guess we'll find out when we see the rest, but I don't know what their actual motivation is. Like, do they want to destroy this galaxy or another one or just threaten the destruction of it? Like, we don't we don't fully know the situation. There. I'm pretty sure Deken is somebody who's just lustful for power, and, like, that seems why he would be going after this crystal and why he would... What's his want- deal, though? Like, does he just want to... He just wants power? and it's just as straightforward as that well that's funny we could talk about who's that x-men if we're done with politics oh, okay <laughs> it seems like a good segue on that uh, note ready who's that x-men it's not it's not to ken it's, it's not- Lelandra. Darn it's it. Lelandra because I want to talk about Lelandra. I like Lelandra in the comics. She's a really cool character, or at least like till well, we'll get to that. I think she's cool in this TV show too. I know that she doesn't seem like she's doing much, but like, I mean, let's not just talk yet, about her. But that doesn't mean she won't later. Her full name is Lelandra Nermani. Ooh, uh, and she does have telepathy, and she utilizes her Shi'ar armor and her ceremonial staff to fight. But this is a character who like goes back and forth of being an emperor and also a freedom fighter so you're gonna like her i don't get the fascination with xavier but you know i don't either i think that's just like whatever writing they had to put themselves into to like connect them um so lalantra is born on airy which is now known as chandelar the native world of the shiar and lalantra is the sibling of takan and deathbird there was a older sister we don't know what her name was Deathbird is the oldest, so there was somebody older than Deathbird. So it was like this unnamed person, Deathbird, Lalandra, and like Dekan. Got it. And Deathbird was denied the throne for unspeakable crimes, and that unspeakable crime being that she murdered her mother and older sister, so she was exiled. And so the throne went to Dekan. Wait, but why not Lalandra? Because Lalandra's the youngest. I fucked that up. Oh, oh, oh uh, got it, got it. The throne went to Dekan, and who turned out to be a power mad dictator, and Lalandra became the Grand Admiral of the imperial guard so she had a really important job that's why she has like an imperial cruiser in this show right so lalantia turns against Deken when she discovers his plans to utilize the mcrom crystal as a weapon lalantia is branded as a traitor so she fled earth and hoping to find allies among the large population of superheroes that are specifically on earth and there she finds charles xavier and starts sending visions to him to and starts traveling towards earth so there's no real connection written out mm. yet um, I think it does come up in the comic books later, but like that's not the very first reason why she went that way. Um, after she meets Xavier in person, she gets captured by Davin Shikari, also known as Eric the Red, which so we can assume this is probably going to go down next. Yep. And Lelandra is held captive by Deken, but is freed by the space pirates, the Star Jammers, and the X-Men. And I know the Star Jammers are coming, so I think a lot of this is actually going to be accurate to the What's TV show. What's weird, though, is the Juggernaut is also there. Is that part involved or not really in the comics? I don't think so. I think that was an animated series thing. Why do they just randomly thing. have him there? Whatever. I don't know. I, Black, T- Black Tom Cassidy is also going to be there. So well, that's fine because Banshee's there. So I'm kind of also like, okay. like Juggernaut and Black Tom Cassidy are clearly dating. But we'll talk about that in the next episode. <laughs> um, Lelantra reunites with Xavier on Earth and she invites Xavier to accompany her back to her home world. And during the Phoenix saga, the Phoenix stops Deken's plans as and then he ends up being banished from the Shi'ar Empire and then is driven mad. And Lelantra takes the throne 
they they refer to her as the empress of the Shi'ar Imperium, and she brings in Xavier, and Xavier is her official consort, and so basically goes to space for a really long time. And like the X Men aren't led by Xavier during that time because he's off running around with Lalandra. Uh, Lalandra stages a trial by combat to determine to determine what happens to the fate of the Phoenix because it's just kind of like wild and out of control. And then later, the throne is usurped again by her sister Deathbird, who made a pact with the Brood. And Lalandra barely escapes with the X-Men. And during that time, Lalandra becomes a freedom fighter and allies herself with the Starjammers to take back the throne. And that's really cool. I love that Lalandra's a freedom fighter. That's like, that's her whole deal. She nearly kills Deathbird in combat, and then she takes the throne. Lalandra takes a leading role in the interstellar affairs, so she starts putting creatures of all shapes and sizes on trial, including the Dark Phoenix, as well as Reed Richards, after he decides to save Galactus, Hmm. uh, which is a whole fucking weird thing it's like this whole thing is like a reminder of like what the mcu has been missing uh <laughs> including galactus yeah uh, i i bet he's gonna be the next big mcu i can villain. totally see that and like that in seems the like post thanos world we live in who better than galactus to or like kane kane the conqueror it's gonna be one of the two of them yeah, yeah, yeah. so an interstellar war broke out between the shiar and the kree and landra orders the star jammers to transport this nega bomb into kree space uh at some point it's a Kree tries to assassinate her and she gets she escapes that and she decides to call off the nega bomb she's like i'm not gonna actually kill everyone i probably because her life is almost taken and she was like this is kind of fucked up so then she discovers a scroll was impersonating one of their own to create the whole complication between the Kree and it's shiar at all together at that point it's been too late the Kree have been like devastated so she's like shit so she takes back she takes control of the devastated Kree Empire and she appoints Deathbird as her viceroy there. Okay. So that's that kind of works out. Fearing the Kree would seek retribution against the Avengers for their part in ending the war, Lalandra sent her sent her niece Deathcry to protect Earth. Uh, and then, like, if we skip forward a little bit to the early 2000s, Cassandra Nova comes along and she takes control of Xavier's body and mind controls Lalandra to order the Shi'ar fleets to attack the Empire's territory and then attack Earth. Uh, Lalandra thinks Xavier does this so she basically comes down to Earth and like goes crazy trying to hunt down Xavier to kill him until like a Shi'ar nobleman took her away and during this time the Phoenix had remanifested into Jean Grey so the Shi'ar console was like yeah this guy seems like he's really fucking bad for you and the phoenix is back so you guys are no longer married you're you can't be married anymore because at some point they got married but i don't i don't think there was ever like a comic book that explicitly like did it as like a big thing right and during leland's recovery from this the shiar council ordered a mass extermination of the gray family uh because they're like fuck that noise <laughs> then as the was pre- making pre- preparations to return to her duties as the empress she was ambushed by the uh chancellor araki who reveals to be part of the empire's secret order so this is where it's very star wars yes. this is the empire's secret order to remove the from the throne and return to ken to his position as the emperor Lalandra escapes again with the guard that was still loyal to her and she is rescued by the x-men and the star jammers and then she tells him about Dekan's return uh, she fights alongside the Star Jammers for like the next decade, um, just as a free to fire. Uh, the powerful mutant Vulcan plans to gain power of the Empire, and many of the Imperial Guards die at his hands when he goes up there and he marries Deathbird, and then he becomes the ruler of the Shi'ar Empire, and then he just has Dekan killed while he gets married to her. And Lalandra never made it back there. Uh, Lalandra was still trying to fight with the Star Jammers to oppose Vulcan's tyranny. Didn't really work out. 
And then eventually during the X-Men Kingbreaker and War of Kane's miniseries, Lelandra was assassinated by Darkhawk, uh, who was being controlled by Razor at the time, and Lelandra dies in the arms of Gladiator. She has not come back then. So it's kind of like a sad ending to like Yeah, this. that is a real downer. And it's like, it's a really intense like storyline. Yeah, there's um, a lot of like Star Wars-esque political intrigue, but it's very like Clone But it's Wars, like, it's like, it's like, Star it's Wars. just really sad because like she gets her throne, kind of fixes the shit that happened, gets involved with, like, this huge war, and then realizes that, like, somebody else caused it, and then after they've devastated the Kree, she's like, shit, let me see if I can fix this. And then she's also trying to put on trials for all these, like, massive situations like Galactus and the Dark Phoenix that nobody else can deal with. So she's actually doing a lot. Like, and every single time she gets usurped from her shitty brothers and sisters, she fights back, and she's like, no, we're going to live freely and it's going to be like noble and it just she fights for her for her people's freedom until she dies like how sad is that it is sad and i mean mean, it's very noble it's like it's sad and she fucks up a bunch of this and then she like tries to fix it and then like she keeps on trying to come back and support her empire her her home and like you know she'll she fought to the death and it's sad I did want to make mention that in the Ultimate Universe, like this kind of stuck out, which is like the weird alternate version of the X-Men that in the whole Marvel Universe that people got really into and the MCU sometimes pulls from. Mm-hmm. Um, she was not an alien in that. She was a human and she was actually in charge of the Church of the Shi'ar, Shi'ar of Enlightenment, which was a religion that worshipped the Phoenix. And they basically funded the X-Men in return of studying Jean Grey, which could... I feel like if they end up doing that for X-Men 3, that would have worked. Yeah, um, that could have been interesting. I thought that's what the, I thought that was the direction that we'd go in, but then they did other stupid shit instead. I mean, they might have had a draft of the script that was like that. I'm sure they watched Probably. this show and were trying to figure out how to adapt it, but I, I agree. Eh, to varying degrees of success. I know they had a lot of different scripts on that. It had the Super Mario Brothers movie treatment for X-Men 3. <laughs> um and she also appears in a few video games. She appears on the Genesis X-Men game where you have to save her. And then also she appears in X-Men Legends 2, Rise of the Apocalypse, and Marvel Ultimate Alliance. Is this the only show she's in? Yes. Well, uh, but see, after watching this and reading her backstory again, I was like... It's pretty accurate cool and cool. How would it be to see her in the MCU? It like, would be cool. And it could still happen. I mean... It could because they have aliens. They have, they have the aliens. I, I, I do feel like the timing of the X-Men being purchased for the MCU is going to work real well because now they've I mean, introduced the concept of the aliens. MCU. It's bad timing for Fox, but who fucking cares? They're, they're going to release two more movies, shitty movies and we're going to see them in theaters anyway. And we're going to be like, wow, that's awful. And then we'll just go see the MCU versions. Pretty much. Pretty I really don't much. know what they're gonna be doing. I I think they're gonna have to do it like Spider Man, where it's like they can't really start from the beginning. They yeah, could, I mean but that's like, kind of been done and multiple times at this point. Like they've they keep rebooting the X Men even within Fox's properties. Oh so my like, god! And they they still I, we haven't watched the season two of Legion, but they still have that other show the 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 gifted the gifted that has a whole other season coming out. So like that's we're gonna see the gifted, which is like a weird version of the X-Men. And then also we're going to see... Is The Gifted owned by Fox? Like, what is happening to that show after the deal? Yeah, it's, uh, it's all Is it just by... shutting down? It's going to have to after season two. Oh. And then also, you know, we'll see Dark Phoenix and we'll see New Mutants and, like, that note just be like, wah, reset. So... <laughs> yeah, But it's okay. Weird. Like, I like how Disney has explicitly said and Kevin Feige is like, oh, no, they're coming to the MCU and re- we're resetting all of it. Like, they've already said that. And... 
And some people were like, aren't you going to miss like Hugh Jackman as Wolverine? I'm okay, like, he's like he's 50 already, years like, old, dude. He's so tired of doing it too. Like, and he, like let the man I mean, live. Just let him know. live his life please like I, it's really funny so it's like aren't you gonna so miss him much. i'm like i'm actually i'm done i love hugh jackman as wolverine we all know i love that but I i'm also him, like but it's i'm like, really God. interested to see like them start it over and do a correct universe that he's also short in the right size because they'll do that or just a different actor gets a chance to do a different spin on the role yeah, like that's I know. It's fine. Like, it's fine it's a fun part to play i'm sure there's other actors who could do a great job at it all I the mean, x-men have been recast at some point except for wolverine i know so or just like have Laura Kinney in there. You could do that too. I don't care. I know that. Or just have Laura Kinney be Wolverine. Exactly. You could just do a totally new version of the X Men with like modern yeah. characters and like mash up some of the the newer introductions yeah. that have been in the comics. That'd be fun. Like, there's any number of things they could do. Well, I know at some point there will probably be a Marvel theme park at Disney World. I think they announced they're building one. Uh, but it won't be ready by the time we're there. We go to. We'll just have to go back, and so we can meet Wolverine in person. Finally, finally, finally. I'm gonna get his number, get his digits. So are we gonna do reader mail? Who's gay first? Who's gay? The X So, um, uh, there's not like a lot of gay shit in here. I still like think Beast and Wolverine were gonna fuck. Yeah, I mean, I I guess I gotta go with them because they're the only ones who have like kind of an enjoyable, intimate moment of like friendship slash maybe more that I like. Well, seeing. it seems to me they were gonna go to like a strip club or something and get drunk and like they would just like Beast obviously wasn't gonna get laid there because like he never does, but Wolverine could. But I think Wolverine would be like, ah, Beast, come back to my place, and they would have just let their animal sides come out mm-hmm. and i mean professor x insulting everybody doesn't necessarily imply anything but it certainly like adds some weird tension to the professor x cyclops dynamic of like why is he always boy scout trying to please dad all the time when like this yeah. is how they really feel about each other i but know whatever they have a fucked up relationship that i don't do. want to give the top prize even in this section <laughs> <laughs> i'd rather give it to wolf and beast and i was kind of hopeful for like a wolverine gambit moment but we don't really get one i mean we still get gambit being horny which is fun but we don't really get like well a you know gambit, gambit could have i mean he was sitting on a girl there but he could have hit on a dude later we he know he's like basically wolverine. wolverine was right there just standing around but okay well he didn't know wolverine was there though like <laughs> at that know, moment in time so and then like he kind of got distracted by like floating xavier yeah it's true so there you go beast of wolverine the gayest this time sometimes we have a lot of gay characters i just in my fan fiction world they they separated but then wolverine was like you know what fuck it let's go out let's just have a few beers at my at my place and they're like okay so go back to the x mansion then just like drink and they fuck you know sometimes you just want a quiet night in because you're not really feeling it yeah when when uh, When xavier's walking around in a cape that's when you know it's time to fucking go inside and just ignore the world (laughs) yeah pretty much I guess maybe they didn't do it right then because, like, they all had to deal with Xavier's bullshit first. So, like, they probably went to the X-Men after they found Xavier and, like, 
we're like, well, that's intense. It's a beast and him fucked. And then also, I mean, also Gambit. Gambit because Gambit goes all night long, as we know. So he would have yeah. had to get involved in that too, but not Scott. Scott right, is busy Stor- hanging st- out at the hospital. And Storm's girlfriend isn't there, so Storm wasn't getting <laughs> no, laid. So. But Rogue is going to finally come back, hopefully. Thank God. I miss her on the show already. It's been like too. two episodes without her. I miss Rogue. Come back, Rogue. Uh, so what would you rate the episode? I, I'm going to go ahead and give it a five. I, I really enjoyed it. I think I will too. I really enjoyed this episode. And I think there's a lot of good layers to it. I thought it was writing. really fun and I recommend it. Yeah. It, this is not one you want to miss, guys. Just in general. Like, I, I recommend the Phoenix Saga so far. I think it's a fun place. You could just start here if you've never seen the show before. You just watch these episodes and, and enjoy them. Um, yeah. I know we got at least one tweet today from somebody who was like really excited about the Phoenix Saga episodes because like they liked them as a kid or something. And so it's kind of neat that they hold up and they're still as cool as you would want them to be at least so far yeah you know i agree and i, I that was one of the things i put in my reader mail so oh, somebody cool. was really excited for that yay so reader mail reader mail so somebody tweeted in they tweeted to the mutant ages so you can follow us at the mutant ages on twitter and they said i'm so excited for this mutant ages is one of my favorite pods and phoenix slash dark phoenix is the part of the x-men animated that made the biggest impression on kid me <laughs> um clearly it did for us too clearly <laughs> i i mean i am really glad that these episodes don't suck i was kind of nervous about this but i'm glad it's been going well so far yeah uh and then somebody else was responding to a poll except earlier this week i did a poll that was like who's your favorite x lady and uh rogue won that by a landslide <laughs> Uh, and it was specific to the animated series yep. and then the next day i was like all right who's your favorite x dude and we all knew wolverine was gonna win but he came in close by gambit um but somebody was like beast has brains brawn and agility he's team he's a team by himself and then he also said this is a definite check in the pro column for me if that brawny furry gentle voice man wants to re- <laughs> read great literature to me i won't mind one bit <laughs> and then somebody else said you guys are the best. This was all going through my head before voting because I'm typically a Cyclops fan, but the animated series Beast was definitely the shit. Quoting classic lit at he, as he'd kick the shit out of people was just too good. <laughs> I so. I totally agree at this point. I started out like gently mocking Beast on this show, but I've, I've grown to really enjoy him. And like, especially the season three version of Beast where he's really coming into his own character wise with like the balance between the sort of gentle social awkwardness while also still making like incisive remarks about the people around him. It's been cool. Yeah. And then somebody else wrote into us and says... Hey guys, I have an episode. I have an idea for a podcast episode. You guys should talk about X Men Evolution and Wolverine and the X Men. I think they are also good shows too. Don't worry. And I can't wait for the next episode. I like all the shows, and they deserve more seasons. We will watch them. We will. Yes, watch we them. will. We just we have to get through the animated series first, which is way longer than all of those shows. So it's true. Although you know, we're we're going along. We're we're making our way through it. Uh, we did get a new podcast reviewed in, and yeah. I just wanted to read that and thank. you you for writing this um i think it was by it's by drew from denver and they have a podcast too i believe and he wrote i have no idea how i stumbled on this podcast but i'm mega happy i did if you are looking for hilarious and sex positive commentary in the 90s x-men animated series then check out this awesome and hilarious podcast and even if you're not looking for those two things check out this pod anyway really funny and sweet host these guys are awesome please support them this is so nice we're getting a lot of nice fan mail today and i'm like so happy about that it's pretty great i'm glad i'm glad that there are people out there finding our extremely niche product and enjoying it <laughs> i agree i i well, feel you know 
like I, if you happen as drew from denver says if you happen to like these two things you're gonna enjoy the show but you know if you don't maybe you'll still like it i don't know so yeah, yeah. i know if you i feel like x-men and sexuality do go together pretty well hand in hand because of it being so well there's like, the meta coded. there's the central metaphors that we talk about every fucking time right. but it's right, also right, right. just like everybody on the show is really sexy so there's that too hooray yeah. <laughs> except xavier he no, has he to can leave. go he he's only he can, turns he magneto can on get into his ship and fly away <laughs> forever so this isn't a tweet at us this is a tweet that i made and like i want to talk about the responses i got from it because it got a lot of traction is that uh i wrote the other day mr sinister absolutely listens to marilyn manson <laughs> and it's because i was i was at the marilyn manson rob zombie twins of evil concert which was fucking amazing and rob zombie puts on like the best show i've ever seen since like him and janelle monet are mm-hmm. the best so anyway i basically somebody messaged me one of my friends i think it was elena elena i was messaging her that i was there and i was like everybody here is dressed like me and she goes ha 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 mr sinister as like marilyn manson came on i was like whoa <laughs> that's like literally who it is because it, it falls into that was marilyn her manson joke that everybody whole... was dressed like mr sinister aka like you like yes that was the, that was the <laughs> joke but also i was like oh yeah so marilyn manson does fall into like that category of like dr frankenfurter and mr sinister Vampy, androgynous yeah, rock and star. that's like the kind of crowd that he pulls in too because like i think it's again that relation of like not like it's like when being gay was also evil so we just all liked the villains instead and like well but also because of that it was sort of seen as subversive to like wear something that was not gender normative or like to have yeah. sort of a more open-minded expression of your sexuality or presentation was seen as evil and also like transgressive in a way and so like yeah. that's why those elements of fashion were like a thing yeah and it's not like manson's thing was about being gay it was just about like I mean, being... no but like he still totally femmed it up sometimes and yeah, i think yeah. that was that's, part that's of what was. what was forbidden about the aesthetic exactly. that he was putting out yeah and so so a lot of people responded to this tweet and they were so good uh <laughs> so somebody wrote in when I was very little and had no sense of musicianship being its own art separate from any other form of celebrity, I wanted Marilyn Manson to play Mr. Sinister in an X-Men movie. <laughs> the good old days of Wizard Magazine casting. Yeah, sure. Why not? Do I mean, him like, do it now? I, I, what is he doing? He's not doing anything. I know. Uh, then somebody else writes, are we sure Marilyn Manson isn't just another Mr. Sinister clone? We aren't. There's no way nope. to know. And then immediately after that, somebody said, Mr. Sinister created Marilyn Manson. Also true. And then... Somebody else wrote, Mr. Sinister only likes just Antichrist Hollywood, though. He finds portrait too childish and anything after Hollywood to be derided. <laughs> Mechanical Animals is his all-time favorite, though. <laughs> I love this. I love when that people so write good. fan fiction about I know. our absurd and scenarios. And then somebody eventually was like, I think Mr. Sinister's top is Bowie, Manson, and then also Lady Gaga. Oh, so. Bowie. That's Bowie. a whole other genre. I know. But I like how like everyone's like, oh yeah. But it was funny that that somebody else had previous to this conversation when they were younger in the '90s thought about Marilyn Manson playing Mister Sinister. I'm so kind clearly, of surprised that you never thought of that. But it's probably because you were so busy. I mean, I might have, and it's just like could play him. And- I don't. I yeah. It's because I want to be Mister Sinister. Well, All right, one more email, and then we're done. Okay. Um, <laughs> are you ready for this one? Sure. I don't know what I need to be ready for, but I guess I am. Okay. It says. 
Hey, Maddie and Ryan, this is Ryan from the future <laughs> or the past. I'm not really sure. I've been time traveling with cable and it gets confusing. Also, we're bannings and sometimes Wolverine gets in on that. In on that. Uh, also, Iceman and I are back together again. Warren's pretty jealous. Anyway, I had a question because I went to the future where Jubilee opened up this huge arcade and also there were spaceships everywhere because this future is fun and not shitty for once. An arcade owner Jubilee had designed a Super Smash Brothers game based on the X-Men. My question for you is if X-Men had a Smash Brothers game, what character would it be playable? What would their final smashes be like? And what kind of levels would you like to see? And maybe what characters would you want to summon? Thanks for thinking about this. Gonna go back to the future to give Jubilee your ideas. But first, Cable wants to put me in his bed and throw water on me. Bye! <laughs> Ryan from the past and the future all at the same time. Okay, wait. So we have to come up with X-Men characters who are going to be in the fighting game and what their final smashes are, or they can be yeah, any Marvel basically, character. Basically, like, if it, Super Smash Brothers was like an X-Men game. Okay. So, I mean, there already are some X-Men fighting games, so we've got plenty to pull from here. That's true. I, I mean, she's not an X-Men, but Squirrel Girl is a really fun character to like have in anything. Oh, maybe she could be like DLC. Yeah. I mean, she's kind of an X-Men. She falls in a weird category. I'm trying to think about like how you would adapt Sage to be a fighting game character. That would be she tough. Probably, I think Psylocke like, would be really fun. Um, yeah. She'd maybe be like a Bayonetta type where she could like fly through the air and stuff with her swords. Oh, that'd be cool. I mean, it's tough too because you've got all these psychic characters. So it's like, how do you how do you put how somebody you like that? Xavier in a fighting game or something? I mean, we've I already got do, the Phoenix in Marvel Maybe he could just be like one of those summons and he just like floats around in his fucking wheelchair. I feel like there have been games where that's happened or he's been like an assist or something. I'm trying to remember if Marvel vs. Capcom has ever had like, uh, a Maybe it was in battle of the atom maybe? maybe i feel like i have like a memory of that happening in a game oh no what it is is that there's a level i think where he's just like floating around in the background like summoning them i feel like the more fun thing than the final smash is to like think about all the weapons that could be there like the lalandra's crystal could like be oh a weapon or like a stage transformation could happen with it where like you throw it and then like a black hole is sucking in the stage that's a very smash brothers that, that is bullshit i also like the happen. idea of like maybe throwing the legacy virus at people mm -hmm. and i feel I like mr would sinister be would be a good like version of master hand to be the final boss who is unplayable because he's just too cool and like i know i i feel like mr sinister should be playable because i was thinking but he would be so overpowered though he would be so much cooler as like a master hand type of a character maybe they fight galactus or like the demon bear maybe i mean hasn't galactus been in stuff yeah well he was in marvel versus yeah, capcom 3 so, like, and he just fought his feet it was pretty funny I'm kind of surprised that like Marvel vs. Capcom has done Deadpool, but not Mr. Sinister. Like there's so much humor potential there. Well, I don't know. I feel And you could like... have Miss Sinister as an Echo Fighter. That would oh be Oh my cool. God. I was already thinking about Wolverine and would, or X-23 would be the yeah, Echo Fighter X23 of Wolverine and like fighter. Polaris would be the Echo Fighter of Magneto. Although I feel like X-23, it would become a Zelda chic situation where so many people would be using X-23 that she would just become her own fighter anyway, even if they tried to have her be an Echo Fighter, you know? Yeah. Pretty much. Like, it would just be She that. gets to be her own fighter in Marvel vs. Capcom. See, this is why this is hard, because there's already been, like, some X-Men fighting Somebody, games. I know. Also, but I you think have Jean... to picture it with the style of Super Smash Brothers. Right. Well, at least we know that Jean Grey's final smash is, like, the Dark Phoenix. Yes. We know that much. Wolverine gets health from drinking a beer. Just like young <laughs> young Link and his milk. Okay. 
<laughs> and I mean, I don't know what. Does that mean just Jubilee just like puts on a massive firework dis- dis- display like yes. as her final smash? That's her final smash. Um, I don't know what Wolverine's final smash would be though. I f- I would think it would be like a throwback to like Marvel versus Capcom and what his like super attacks are in that where right, it's like right, he, where he's just slashing like super that. super fast and taking yeah. over the screen with slashes. Like for example, I think Colossus would be playable, but I think his final smash would be like a throwback to the arcade game where he had a move that didn't make any sense where he just creates this giant force field and is like <laughs> yeah i mean there's also like storm would be amazing and is amazing in anything in which she appears because you can just have the final smash be like a fucking lightning bolt pikachu style or like a tornado or something mm-hmm. i feel like storm if we had this game everyone just play a storm as rogue and rogue like I mean, those would, it will ring like that would be it. Oh, with Rogue, you could do like a Kirby esque character where she would like touch people and then absorb their I powers. Know. But also, what if Mystique's playable? How does that work? It would be kind of similar, I guess. Like, I mean, she... Mystique isn't going to get anybody's powers, though. But you're right that well, Rogue would be like Well, she could turn Kirby. into somebody else, though, and confuse the other players by appearing to be like a character who maybe has more lives or fewer lives or whatever. You know, I don't That's know. That's true. I mean, I know that in the new Smash, there's like a ditto summon, but I feel like Mystique Mystique would be a playable character because she's like big. Also, probably Juggernaut. Plus, Mystique can turn into a jet. That's her final smash. Oh my god, I hope so. I hope this is like based on Mutant Ages canon, so it's like all okay, the stupid shit we come up with. Mutant Ages version of the fighting game with these characters is very different, and it's way better. Oh, and they, oh it is way better. And they also, they all have costumes that are like their beach costumes, so it's They're just like all, all the X-Men away. and Tiny. It's basically yeah. Dead or Alive Beach Volleyball, but with the X-Men, it's just this thing we're working on, you know, it's... Oh, yeah. And you can like slowly rotate them around in the select screen and look at their butts and battle damage. <laughs> <laughs> you get trophies of this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Probably, we're probably going to inspire people to write in now, but that's good. We want you to write in to us at themutantages at gmail.com and you can write in about anything and we'll read it on air. <laughs> yep, we sh- we clearly will. We'll even read it. I was like, I was like on ourselves. air. I'm like, this is not technically on air, but whatever. It's not live. It could be. We used to do a live show, but we don't anymore. Uh, that was that was a nightmare. Not because we didn't enjoy doing it and we didn't like our fans. Just Google sucked. Mm-hmm. But anyway, yeah, you can write in, and also you can. What was I gonna say? Um, it's it was plugs about time, right? Yes, I was saying. I lost my train of thought. Guess Maddie, help. what? We're part of Atomic Blue Productions, the name of the little media company that we have. And yeah, there's that. This show is part of it, and also Warcraft Valley is part of it, and we have a YouTube channel with all kinds of fun stuff on there, like Throwback Theater, and there's also like a. Uh animated versions of this show on oh yeah like ryan takes clips from this show and sets them to (laughs) episodes of the animated series and like cuts it together so the characters say the stupid shit that we say instead of the shit they actually say that will probably happen after this episode honestly and also we have other things up there too like uh parody videos so we did a whole bunch of resident evil videos and we're writing a time travel well maddie's writing a time travel I'm movie writing and i'm writing it. a time travel series and both might happen we don't know or we'll combine them into its own magical yeah. mystical time travel adventure we have all yeah. kinds of things we want to make and in order to support those things with money if you have money you can go to patreon.com slash atomic food productions and it'll support this show and also stuff all like the, the legend of the I dark make. crystal special yes. episode that we recorded and you can find that at atomicallyproductions.com and obviously like if you back you can get cool backer only things like special episodes that aren't available anywhere else but um you know you don't have to back at that level if you can't afford it we love all of our backers equally and also the people who can't afford anything they're great too 
Thanks. Thank you for backing <laughs> our show. We appreciate it. And a dollar goes a long way and it supports us directly. So yeah, uh, you won't find a Patreon that says the mutant ages and it's because Maddie and I create a bunch of shit together. And yeah. that's why. I mean, we so. thought about it's just too complicated so it atomic to, book productions like, is what it's called and we know it's confusing but it, it is what it is i know and we <laughs> talked about being like oh maybe if we just create one for the mutant ages i'm like but that's so stupid because the atomic book productions is literally it's still us it's I know, still just and we're you creating and i so many other things with atomic so Blue. like it makes more sense yeah so that's why we're doing it that way but we know that if you're if you're just a fan of the mutant ages that's totally fine like if you don't care about the other shows that we make or anything else that's cool but that patreon is still connected to this show so it is yeah. what it is <laughs> it is if you could leave us reviews that's what i was gonna say oh, if yeah, you can leave us reviews, reviews it helps a lot because it increases our visibility and if you tell people that's great too but leaving us itunes reviews or leaving us a rating it's really helpful to leave an itunes review but if you're too shy to leave a review then you know you can leave a rating or just post like on your own social media that you like the show or tell your friends about it because that's the only way people find out about podcasts so pretty much you may as well help us out and, and tell everybody else about this hidden gem you've discovered yeah this this one right here it's really cool and you can tweet at our mutant ages twitter or mm -hmm. you can like follow it and that's at the mutant ages and we're individually on there i'm ryan pagella i'm Mitty myers this is a and long plug section. They I got don't think it meant to again. be. I don't have anything else to say. Uh, clearly, I have to go figure out what's going on with myself in the future because Cable, I'm getting laid by like four really hot <laughs> ex dudes and that You're isn't happening yet. So multiple guys. when does that happen? It's a lot of drama. I'm really excited for future you. I'm glad you worked it out. Yeah, I'm glad that I have four X-Men boyfriends. And I guess I'll see you and also your future slash past self X time. Yeah, I'll see you X time. Triple X time. <laughs> at atomicblueproductions.com or support us at patreon.com slash atomicblueproductions.